We're going to have our readings now. Thanks, Fiona. Our first reading is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honour Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. Amen. Our second reading is Luke chapter 32 to 34. Do not worry. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body is more, more than clothes. Consider the ravens that do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carol. So you'll be pleased to know I'm going to keep the sermon bit very short this morning. 
because um, actually we've got an, another opportunity to celebrate as a family in a little bit. So, uh, and we've also got communion, so we will keep it really short. So, it's Advent, but as I tell Nick over and over and over again, it's not Christmas yet. <laughs> Our Christmas tree went up yesterday. Um, we always negotiate. I, I'd like to put it up on Christmas Eve. Nick likes to put it up on the first Saturday in December, so we compromise on the first Saturday in December. <laughs> I'm partly joking when I say Christmas Eve, but all things being equal, I probably would wait a little bit longer than the first Saturday in Easter. Uh, Easter? <laughs> <laughs> Advent, the first Saturday in Advent. I suppose Easter would be okay if we were waiting till Easter rather than doing it. Anyway. Um, I mean, I worry that we're going to get fed up with the decorations by before Christmas Day, that, that we're going to be, Nick's going to be complaining that there's dust under the tree that we can't properly sweep and all that. But anyway. Most importantly, I just want to make sure that we're not just racing to Christmas to get over the line. But Advent, it's not just about Christmas, or particularly not just about Christmas Day. Um, it's also about looking forward to when Christ comes again and being ready. And not being ready in a, the presents are wrapped, the shopping's done, the spuds are peeled, but ready in our hearts, ready spiritually and ready emotionally. Have we made space for God in all of the preparations? Our modern Christmas can get so busy that there's a danger that we'll get to Christmas Day and we won't, paid much we won't have paid much attention to Advent at all beyond the chocolate in our Advent calendar. And that's not to say that it's wrong to have the decorations up early or to be wearing a Christmas jumper or to be playing Christmas songs or to be whatever to be excited but we we learned we had a uh, job and jingle yesterday for anybody who was there the lesson of that really was that it's okay to be excited and it's okay to have a place for fun and for celebration and and all of those things but also it's okay to spend some time within that thinking about jesus thinking about what's often called the reason for the season um and remembering that there is more to Advent than the Coca-Cola truck, the, the chocolate in the Advent calendar, the John Lewis adverts, the, the binging on Christmas movies, the, the parties. It's interesting, I was talking to Tim as we were praying before the service, and um, quite often we'll say, oh, these chocolate Advent calendars, you know, in my day... You had a little wind. You opened a little window, and there'd be a picture of an angel or of Jesus, or you know, if if you were really lucky, maybe Father Christmas. <laughs> but what I was reading as I was as I was research, doing a bit of research on Advent for this morning, and and actually it's it's quite difficult to find anything about Advent because if you search in Google for anything to do with Advent, you're going to get John Lewis adverts and Advent calendars with. Gin, wine, beer, chocolate, makeup, whatever. But that's what you're going to get. To find anything 
about the reason for Advent is really difficult. But, but it, what I thought was interesting was that the very first commercially produced Advent calendar, whilst that was printed, the reason for that was that the, the person who made the very first Advent calendar, made, or commercial Advent calendar, made it because his mum made him an Advent calendar by sewing 24 cookies into a piece of fabric. So the very first, well, it wasn't the very first Advent calendar, but the, the, the thing that gave rise to the commercial Advent calendars was actually one with food in. So, so you can say to people who say, oh, we should have just the paper ones, that actually they were a, they were a modern invention after the food ones. Before that, there was candles and things, so it wasn't the very first one, but you get the picture. So our Advent reading this morning was focused on the hope of Christmas. And, and you might, it might not have been immediately obvious from the readings that we had, but the hope of Christmas is what I get from those readings. Excuse me. So in, in Isaiah 9, 6-7, that, that was a prophecy of the coming Messiah, Jesus. At the time that Isaiah prophesied these words, it was a dark time for Israel. It, there, was only, there was only darkness. The, the sin of the people, the coming judgment at the hand of God. Uh, in the preceding chapter in Isaiah, uh, it says, Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged. And looking upwards, they will curse their king and their God. Then they will look to see to the earth to see only distress and darkness and fear and gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. So, it was a pretty bad time. So, and uh, and it was that hope. So that reading then went on, and, and we'll talk about it in a second. But that reading went on to talk about the light of Jesus. Our hope is. It's usually built on what we expect or what we want or desire to happen or to have. But the Bible doesn't tell us to build hope on those things. It tells us to build hope on Jesus. And I want us to think about where is our hope today? Is it, is it wrapped in the expectations under the, of the presence under the Christmas tree? Is that what we're hoping for have we lost hope in the darkness? Or is it held firmly in Jesus? There is always hope in Jesus. Nick and I have been watching a program on, uh, on Netflix recently, and it's called Consumed. And, and it's about people who've accumulated so much stuff, so many things, that their homes don't work anymore. There's so much clutter. And, and what seems to happen there is that they seem to have then stopped valuing the relationships with people around them. And all the value is in their life and all their hope is put into these things. Things that they can't even use because there's so much clutter. And in that program, the presenter encourages them to empty the house completely for a couple of weeks so that they can engage with each other and build the relationships again. And then they're allowed to pick the 25% of the most important things and bring them back into the house. 
and the remaining 75% has to go and it's either donated or sold or just thrown away. And that seems to really help them build on their relationships. And I, I don't think many of us, or I hope that not many of us are, are, in that, are in that challenging space, but can we ask ourselves, are we leaving enough space in our head and in our heart for, for our relationship with Jesus to flourish, especially at this time of Advent? So, again, in the interest of time, I'm not going to go a long way into that, into the Luke reading, but but just to say that that's there as an example of, of building hope on Jesus and not building hope on material things. So we, we said that, you know, there wasn't much hope for, for the people of Israel at that time. Um, but then there was a voice that offered the hope, the hope of Christmas. Isaiah 9.2 says... The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. For, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A child born that would bring hope to the hearts and lives of the hopeless. The child was the light of the world. In John 8, 12, it says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus came to be the light in the darkness. Christmas is filled with the wonder, the peace of hope that, extends, that exceeds our expectations. It lifts us from the darkness into the marvellous light of Jesus, the Christmas hope, if we'll let it. And the Christmas hope is wonderful. It's a wonderful hope that dis distinguishes itself from the empty hope that can be found in the world. It's a wonderful hope that accomplishes in our lives what, what just can't happen without it. And it's a wonderful hope that is salvation through Jesus. So in conclusion, my suggestion is that through Advent while embracing all of the excitement that Christmas is just over three weeks away. Advent is only 22 days this year. For those with your Advent calendar, Advent started today, not yesterday. <laughs> yesterday was an extra. Um, but whilst we enjoy our Advent chocolate or Advent wine or Advent Lego or Advent makeup and we go to parties and school plays and shopping, Let's just make sure that we make a little space for God so that when we wake up on Christmas morning and say, happy birthday, Jesus, it won't feel like he's going to respond and say, huh, who are you again? <laughs> <laughs>